Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. It's it's an important thing, I believe, to, um, you know, train up your family or children in that concept. Uh, Because, listen, everything in the world, everything out there is trying to distract and to pull you away from the important things. And the important things, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to this, the Bible, the scripture is all about life. Those other things have nothing to do with life, life at all. All they are is things that you do in this life, but they're not about life, you know not about life at all. So I want to prioritize that in my life, and I know my wife does, and my kids now, because they're raised the way they are, it's a priority in their life. But see, the the key to understand the word priority, sometimes that can be a, a sort of sound negative, but it's not negative when that's all you know. So it's a priority because it's all you know. But it's not the priority, and I have to make this a priority. It's they get up. It's Sunday. It's all we know. This is what we do. It is a priority, but we don't say, I have to make it a priority, because it's what we do. It's how we do it. And I know everybody's raised differently, and I wasn't raised with church. I wasn't raised with anything that had to do with God. But it's something that I made a choice later on in life when I received Jesus. Uh, I personally, when I got connected with this faith, I, I made a decision. I'm in. I'm all in. I'm not talking about ministry or anything like that. I'm talking about being a follower of Jesus. And I made a commitment. I ain't missing church. And it, 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 it would be rare for me to miss church. Rare. But that was me. That was my commitment. It's just like people making commitments in their, you know, sports or school. I'm not going to miss a game. I'm not going to miss a practice. You know, and they make a commitment. And nothing's going to drive them off that because it becomes priority. And I believe when you, when you make priorities and good things, good things are going to happen in your life. Great things are going to happen in your life. But there are times when, you know, you're going through life and you got your focus and you're, you're, you're looking uh, directly to achieve something or to connect with something or whatever the case may be, there are times when you can get off focus. There are times when you can get off of what is good, what is right. How many have ever been there? You know, you're doing the right thing and all of a sudden you're doing the wrong thing. It's not hard. It's, it's not hard to get in that position. I mean, there are a lot of distractions out in this world. A lot of distractions. I said a lot of distractions. Um, Last month, I was um, preparing for, you know, things that I want to do as far as I, I, I like to bow hunt. And in, in, you know, shooting a bow, it's all about practice. And you got to practice and practice and practice if you want to shoot correctly, if you want to shoot right. And so I set up things in the back and um, to practice in the morning. But you know all the rains we had and everything? It's like um, the bugs have multiplied. A hundredfold, all bugs. I've never seen so many mosquitoes in my life. I mean, every we were driving home the other day, and there's a mosquito in my truck. I'm like, going, what? What is that? Where? I mean, how, what are you doing in here? You know. Now with me, I don't know. There's something on my body where mosquitoes like I ain't touching that. So I don't know if I got sour blood or whatever. I don't know what it is. But but my family, they're like they're like sugar cookies. 
to me. I mean, if the mosquitoes, the mosquitoes are going to fly past me and go straight to Pastor Lau. I'm not only go there, but they have like little conferences. And it's a, I'm serious. It's, it's just crazy. But I, I, I was out there practicing and, and, you know, you've got in shooting a bow, there's a lot to it. And you've got to be focused. And all of a sudden, I've got flies showing up all over me. I mean, just all over my face, on my arms. And, I, I, you know, I've got short sleeve because it's summer. And it's just, it's just so distracting and annoying. And I thought, I can't shoot like this. The stinking flies are everywhere. You know, and you can't, you know, and go like that. You know, and if I could shoot one with the ball, I would... But the, thing, but the thing is, is uh, it, it's, it's an annoying thing. It's distracting. I'm trying to focus. I'm trying to aim. And I got a fly that's just bugging me. So I had to do something about it. And I do what I usually do, go to Amazon. And I found a natural spray that Flying bugs, flies included, will stay away from. So I thought, okay, I'm getting that. I got it, sprayed it all over myself. I smelled like some type of herb. I don't know what it was, but, and the flies stood, they stayed away from me. And I thought, okay, that's awesome. But the point is I had to do something to take care of the annoyance. Now, if I didn't do anything, I would have went out the next day. And guess what? I would have been annoyed. I'd have been totally 100% annoyed. And I thought it actually took a couple days to, to get the, the package, two days. So I wore a long sleeve the following day. And they didn't bother my arms. You know what they went for? My face. I mean, a fly just fly, like, dude, I'm bigger. I'm swatting you around. Why would you keep coming this way? And I thought, this is ridiculous. They are bold. They're demonic and they're bold. But a fly can't kill you. A fly can't hurt you. All it can do is annoy you. And I find in life, we have things that can annoy us when we're shooting for the target in whatever it is in life. There are things we want to do in life where we can get annoyed or distracted. You know, you're going in this direction. You're like, going, ah, get out of here. And you got to, you know, you're turning in a different direction. So you can get annoyed. There are people that can annoy you. A lot of people, different people can be a great annoyance. In one time of your life, they can be cool. Another season, they're annoying. And that happens in life. It just all depends on what you are focused on, what you're focused on. Because there are a lot of times when that harmony is the same as you're singing. But all of a sudden, you change your tune. You know, I'm going to get more focused in on God. I'm going to get more focused in on what I know is right. And all of a sudden, your song changes. And their, their notes don't line up with your notes anymore. So you're like going, la, 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 la. And they're coming in going, la, 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 la. And they don't jive no more. It doesn't connect. There's no flow anymore. And that is, that is a, a good analogy of life because it happens. And the key is, is, is finding those on the same tune and that keep going in the same direction you're going. And that's when you're going to have harmony. Everybody say Harmony. And that's what we want to get to. So I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 12. And we'll start in verse 22. It says, Then one who brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute, he healed him, 
So the blind and mute man both spoke and saw. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, could this be the son of David? Now, right now, that's why they're amazed. How can a normal person do something like this? And so they're like going, how, you know, what, how, can this be the son of David? Now, when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this is, this is the concept or the understanding of how religion works. The religion always going to attack good. It's always going to attack something that God is doing and that's benefiting. And so what Pharisees do, they say this. This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebul. Beelzebul. Now, the Greek word Beelzebul means Lord of Flies. Later, Lord of Poop. But Lord of Flies, well, poop and flies go hand in hand. That's why I think about flies touching you and you're like going, where you been, you know? And if you, got, if you got dogs in your home, you know where they've been. Unless, you know, you follow around with the pooper scooper, you know, wherever they're going. I, you know I do this, Discovery Channel stuff. So the thing is, is they go into nasty stuff. And then they want to come and fly on you. Have you ever had one hit your lips? Come on, be real. Come on, all you poo-poo mouths, come on. <laughs> Isn't it terrible? You're like, ah, and then it feels like it's still there. All right, anyway. So it says, this guy, this guy casts out devils by Beelzebub, by the Lord of the flies. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be brought to desolation. It's going to be destroyed. Every city or house divided against itself will not stand. Now, that is a concept we all need to understand, especially if you're single. Because a lot of single people like to jump into, you know, the marriage bed and establish that this is, you know, our future and everything's going to be great. But you didn't go through the plan before the I do's. In other words, what do you believe? And we see this so many times of people going out and all of a sudden, I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love, whatever. And you get married and all of a sudden you married someone that is totally opposite in everything that you have been trained and raised in. And now you've got to deal with it. And usually it's difficult, difficult, difficult time because you've got two people with two different beliefs. And that's why we do classes here to get people to talk about these things up front, you know. Do you believe in, uh, you know, spanking a child, you know? And do you believe in this? And do you believe this? And how do you believe this? And when our teen gets this age, you know, you know how, what, how do you see them? And to be able to walk that through doesn't mean that you're going to complete agreement. That's where you work together and process stuff. But I can tell you right now, there's a lot of times you can go, I ain't getting married, <laughs> not this person. Because you can head off a whole lot of problems by doing that. But most people don't do these things. Most people don't do these things. And I, I have specific goals for my boys that, I mean, I'm telling you right now, there ain't no, no girls coming close to them that doesn't have the exact same type of belief system I do because there ain't no purpose in it. You know, because they're raised a whole different way. They got different beliefs, different mindsets, different everything that is totally opposite of what my boys are trained in. All I know is, they connect with that, their lives are going to be messed up. And my responsibility is their lives. 
So I will help them, help them understand and help them know that this person doesn't even line up to, to being able to, in an acceptable lineup to what you need for your life. And I do know, because I've been dealing with young people. I've been a young person, but I've been dealing with this. I've been dealing with this for a long, long time. And I, and I know, I know what produces failure and what produces frustration and things that can't be overcome. They, they can't be. And now you can sit there and argue your point all you want, but I got, I got statistics. And I'm not talking about out there. I got statistics in church. And I'm telling you, just it's not, it's not worth that, that ugliness for life. Now, when it comes to the place of dealing with those differences, you can establish that at the very beginning and, and find out what type of person that person is. And there will be some people that they are. They're like going, well, I was trained this way, but hey, tell me a better way. And, and those are the people that you can tell if someone's workable or not. But no matter what you need to understand is who you marry, you marry their family. And I'm not talking about the, no, I'm not, listen, I'm not talking about the family comes. I'm talking about you're marrying their, their, their beliefs, their training, how they look at life, everything about your family that you go, I don't like my family. You like them. You just like them. You just don't know it until someone else different comes along. And so those are things that, I mean, me personally, that's how I do it. I don't, you do things the way you want with your kids. Don't look at me that way. Don't judge me. I'm not asking for your opinion. Well, why would you do that? Not, don't worry. My kid ain't going to marry yours. Go on, move on. <laughs> Whatever, you know. You do your thing. I don't care. <laughs> that's on you. Whatever, you know. Line up with someone else. All right, anyway, let's move on. <laughs> and some people, it's, just, it's so whacked, you know. My responsibility is my boys, period. Your responsibility is your kids. And, and this is what I've determined. Well, who are you? See, th- now you're trying to mess with me. Who am I? I'm their dad and their pastor, which carries a whole different position than just being dad. And I've got years, years, at least five of experience. That was a joke anyway. So the enemy, now remember, we said Beelzebub. Now, what does that mean? Now, see, first and foremost, they're saying this. The devil casts out the devil. Which Jesus is saying, no, you, that's, that's failure. That's destruction. The devil would have already lost the game. It's over with. And he's saying, nothing works that way. Nothing. Unity is what strengthens. When you have division, it breaks down. Do you understand that? Y'all, everybody in here understands that. Now, does it necessarily mean any division in the home means it's destroyed? No, not at all. Not at all. It all depends on where you're at, what season, how, you know, how young you are in things, whatever the case may be. I mean, there, there's so many different factors that play in this. But what he's saying is, number one, is if you're going aggressive in the devil cast out the devil, it ain't, it ain't standing. It ain't standing. It's impossible. And so he said, I don't operate that way. It's the spirit of God that I'm operating through. And that's how I do it with authority in me to do it. But this is light casting out darkness. And there's a difference. And they were trying to say, you know, he's, 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 
operating with the Lord of the Flies, you know. He's, he's Beelzebub. And it, it's so ridiculous what they would come up with. But that's what religion does. It makes things, it makes comments that make no, no sense whatsoever other than those people that are dead. And dead people follow dead people. That's what the scripture teaches. The blind follow the blind. And so our responsibility is to find truth, right? Isn't that what we want? It's important to know truth. So the enemy distracts and he, and he tries to annoy you. Why? To keep you off balance, to keep you out of control, to keep you off focus. Focus is so powerful. Focus is, is mandatory for your life. Completely. You Listen, remember how we talk in this place. You can exist in life. You can exist. Everybody in here can exist in life. And you're going to be born, exist, and die. And that's it. You existed. You were here. But I believe you were born for something greater than that. I believe every person on this earth, this is what I believe. I believe every person on this earth is born to fulfill destiny. A legacy. I believe that with all my heart. Now, does, does everybody do that? No, not at all. But I also know this. Everybody has a choice. Everybody. A lot of times we make choices. I was making choices in my early days. I, I mean, I, again, I don't know Christianity. You know, some of you were born with Bibles and church and Jesus and all that. I wasn't. And so I don't know, you know, the proper protocol. I believed in a God, God, but I didn't even understand what that was. I just, I personally, I'm talking, listen, I'm not brought up in a Jesus home. My parents didn't go to church or nothing. I just, I just need you to understand me. I did not believe I came from a monkey. I just, early on, I figured that one out. I didn't come from no monkey. I've been to Phoenix Zoo a bunch of times. I've never seen half monkey people because, you know, evolution. And why would, why would evolution stop at those monkeys? Well, I mean, because shouldn't they be getting better like us? I mean, I, that's, I figured that out at a young age, at a young age. And I just figured there, there has to be a God out there, but I didn't know what that meant. And that's pretty much, it wasn't like I dwelt on it. It's just something I believed. I just like, whatever. But the thing is, when, when in my life, there came a time when I had to start making different choices. And I realized there's consequences. You all know this. There's consequences to choices. I've made some bad ones in my life. And I'm sure you have too, at least one, right? And so we've got these choices. And then what happens? And then we got baggage that goes along with those choices. And so in the life, listen, in the life without Jesus, that's usually the picture. A life with, it could be mile-long baggage, all chained together, and you're struggling through life carrying that stuff. Now, according to what I see in the Word of God, God wanted the chain. You know, he wanted you to come in with these, these massive bolt cutters and crack that thing off, and then you're free from that. That's the picture of Scripture. That's what Bible, the, the Word of God's trying to tell us. That's how we should be experiencing this life. But, I mean, it just doesn't work that way because this has to be renewed. Now, it happens in the spiritual completely. Everything God says is true. In other words, you are healed. You've been forgiven. You, you, you know, all that is already there. 
But it's a process of maturing and growing in this information to connect to it, to realize it, and then to experience it. So there is this process, a time where you're, I'm a Christian, and wait a minute, I still cause, so I must not be a Christian. Oh, I'm a Christian, I still do this. Oh, I must not be a Christian. And you go through that, that just that turmoil because you don't know what the Word of God says. You might have an opinion, you might have a denominational belief, whatever the case might be, but there's all kinds of things that are affecting choices in your life. We can get truth quicker. Oh my gosh, this thing is so much easier. But most people don't. We get filled with religion, filled with church stuff. You might be thinking, well, this is a church. We ain't playing no church stuff. I'm telling you right now, we have a church. This is a church building. We gather together. We're a local church, but I don't do church stuff. Been there, done that. It doesn't produce life. This information given out correctly, I mean, we're talking about this is, there. I'm bringing forth good lunchtime food. I'm like a five-star chef when it comes to the word of God. And you partaken of the good stuff. And what does that mean? It means ain't no religion here. There's truth. And this truth sets you free. And it is relevant. Everybody say relevant. It's relevant for tomorrow. And that's what separates some churches away from majority of all churches. Not saying we're the only one. Maybe, you know, one out of five. But anyway, I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. There's, there's many churches out there that, that teach truth. Just don't know any. But anyway, let's move on. I'm playing. So the Pharisees were trying to annoy Jesus. And that's what the world does. It tries to distract you. It brings flies in your face. January, you know, first comes along. You've got focus. And what happens? January 2nd, flies. Right? Flies. You'd be buying, you know, at, you, you were up 3 in the morning. You bought that exercise machine that, you know, uses a rubber band and, 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 you know, zip ties and all kinds of different things. You're like going, this will make me look like that person. And all of a sudden, all you do now is put clothes on top of it. That what happened? We happened. I mean, that's, 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 that's statistics. That's normal. We, we quit. We give up early. And, and listen, the reason why is because we lose focus. We lose focus. And I, I want us to help keep focus because I want you successful. I, and when I say that, I'm talking about your life. I want you successful in, in your marriages. If you're single, I want you successful there. I want you successful as a parent if you have kids. If, I, I want you successful. There's nothing better than being out there in the world successful. We need more successful followers of Jesus. People that are working at a bank or at a, at a stock market or at Safeway or Jack in the Box that love Jesus and you're awesome. You're just good at what you do. We need that because we are the light of the world and salt of the earth. And that's our responsibility to be out there. And this is what I don't teach. I don't teach we're supposed to hide out, make our little, you know, Christian town. We're supposed to live this life with reality, relevancy, 
and understand the empowerment of what God has done and not be ashamed about it, but don't talk Christianese. Pray, Lord, hallelujah, brother. I'm not your brother. I don't even know you. That's what Christians do. They they talk, they just, they become weird. And I was one of those people. Totally, 100% one of those people. I thought you could only wear Jesus picture t-shirts when I got saved. I thought it had to be a Christian teacher and I had to say, you know, if I went to the gym and I had to see God's powerhouse, you know, everything had to have a Christian thing. Everything. Going to, I had to shop at Christian bookstores and listen to Christian music and watch Christian TV. And it really screwed me over, messed me up. And I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm saying it, how you believe those things is what makes them bad or good. And that's what happened to me. It was, it, it, it was a pretty messed up few years, but hey, I pressed in. And that's just because of my tenacity. I don't like to lose. I don't. I don't like to lose. I like to win. I want to win. And so when I got into Christian faith, that doesn't turn off. I'm like going, all right, how do you bat 100? And I mean, how do you bat 1,000 in this thing? Go to church all the time. I'm there. Come to the worship things. I'm there. Come to prayer meeting, Bible club, Bible school, Bible, the Bible this, Bible that. We're going to have a Bible. We're going to have a Christian softball this, a Christian baseball. I'm there. I'm there. Anything as long as it has a fish, I'm there. But then I grew up. and realized that's a sucky life. Because all I'm doing is I'm just creating this, this fantasy fakeness around me that, that isn't about life. And I'm telling you right now, hey, my heart was right. My passion was there. But those years, which included Bible college, did not, did not bring a maturity in my life. It didn't bring a concept of strength at all. I'm telling you, none. And I went to church all the time. You think this is rough coming Sunday? Oh, they're asking me to come up Wednesday too. I used to go Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday, Bible school, Monday, Tuesday, Bible study, Thursday, Saturday morning, Bible study, men's ministry. I mean, all the time I was at church. And because the guys I hung out with were doing the same thing, I thought that's normal. And then all of a sudden you get further in the faith and you start realizing, it's, I guess it's not real normal. Only I said, love Jesus. And all of a sudden you, no, really. And you become there, that's those Christians, and now we're these Christians. We're the elite. And it just, it's so messed up. It's so messed up. But again, I didn't know any better until I got around different instruction, different teaching that didn't talk about that stuff. It talked about this stuff. Identification. It started connecting with my life for today, not Christian actions or Christian duty, which is duty, here. And that's when my life started changing completely. Then I cared about what was going on out there. Then I cared about people. I cared about making an impact. I cared about changing nations, big time. And I've seen the impact of that type of heart. I've seen thousands. I've seen tens of thousands of people saved. Tens of thousands. I've seen every miracle, 
Every miracle you can imagine, uh, except someone being raised from the dead. Haven't had that opportunity, but I, I'm not saying it's impossible. All I'm saying is that's the only one I haven't seen. I've seen all the other ones. I've literally seen eyes being created. I've seen them. I've been there. I've been there and watched it. I've been a part of it. I got so many stories that just, that can make your goosebumps, hair raise up on you if you got a hairy back. But I'm telling you, and they're, they're amazing. They're amazing things because it was a part of my journey. And my journey isn't tied to those things as proof in existence. I'm just honored to be a part of God's kingdom. He used me. I was used impacting lives. We've seen so many people healed of so many diseases in our church. Different, all kinds of different diseases healed. And it's just so powerful to know that our God's alive and he does these things because of the cross. What the cross has done and how we can believe and stand in faith and have expectation. And, and, and we believe this. And so in my journey, I've been able to experience this, but I do understand annoyance. I do understand the things that can get you distracted off of what is important. I talked to you, uh, uh, you know, it, probably a month or so ago of how I've been real faithful at working out. And then we went on vacation for about, I don't know, it was six days or whatever. We came back. And I was totally not the same person in attitude because I wasn't working out that whole time. So now I come back and it's like, ah, I'll start the next day. And then I, it's just the way I was before. And it's like, dude, this is so crazy. I love, I, I really love working out. And um, I love the, the feeling of it. I love how I feel about it. I love, I love everything about it. It's just, it's awesome. Especially it has nothing to do with running. I hate running. And, and plus, that's so cool because I just, I just seen some awesome, awesome studies come out, proof about how working out, elevating heart at a certain workout stage, even at a level of, of just walking at a certain level for a period of time is greater, proven greater than car, you know, cardio work, running and, and all kinds of, you know, all the crazy stuff. And I thought, yeah, that's right. That's right. And I should have got a, an applause kind of telling you to go out and run a 10K to get healthy. And you know how some of you are. We do fit for life. We do our walks. Not all of you run. So you should have been going, Pastor, you go. You go, Pastor. See, that's right. That's why I walk when we do fit for life. Because I already knew that by the Spirit of God. But no, you didn't do that. You just sat there and left me in La La Land. So we've got the world trying to distract us. Distraction, this is interesting. I like, I like this um, definition. An object that directs one's attention away from something else. Mental confusion. To stir up or confuse with conflicting emotions or motives. That's what the enemy is doing. He's trying to divert your attention. He's trying to get just, listen, He's not coming and going, ah, the devil. Ah. That's, not how he, that's not how he's messing with you. He messes with you through people. He messes with you distraction, through, you know, social media. I mean, he's messing. 
very simply messing you with all kinds of ways to get you distracted. And we can't get distracted, right? I mean, we can have a wonderful day and all of a sudden someone at work can distract you just by them being dumb, messing around, being, just doing foolish things. All of a sudden you're distracted and now you're not as happy as you were. What happened? Distractions. So we all have them, correct? And listen, we all, it's, it's a part of life. Jesus was being, trying to be distracted by these, these fools. But he stayed on track. He stayed focused. And I want us to be the same way. I want us to keep focused. Yeah, we're going to have to deal with the silly people. We're going to have to deal with the silly world. I, I like what Jesus said. He said, Father, when he was praying, he said this. It was really awesome. He said, I'm not of this world, but I'm in it. He goes, my disciples, they're not of this world. I'm not asking you to take them from the world because we're in it. Just protect them from the evil one, but we're on a different level in life. And when you can understand that, you can understand the power of the spiritual walk inside the natural walk. And when I talk about spirit walk, it's not this crazy, goofy church type message. The spirit walk is the understanding of your eternal life. It's the understanding of this word of God becoming priority. It's a primary focus. It's the things that are not seen, but will or can be seen by your faith, your expectation. And as you're living this life, there are going to be times when you're going to have to deal with things that you don't have answers for. Deal with frustrations, turmoil, pressures. Now, you can try to do it natural, fight it naturally, which is going to wear you out. And you end up losing usually. Or it's going to be a long, prolonged battle. But if you can walk in the spiritual in the sense of, I believe God's word, and that's what I'm going to focus on. His word over their word. That doesn't make me wacko. It doesn't make me, you know, I got to walk around with a gold chain with a massive cross on my neck saying, hallelujah, praise the Lord. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with I'm out there able to live my life, do all the things I do with the understanding of God and his word is the priority of my life. Now, does that mean that I'm constantly always following that? No, I make slip ups. I make mistakes, you know. I do things I ought not to be doing. And I'm not talking about, you know, sins like you would think sins, but I'll sin. Because sin's a sin. Speeding's a sin. We ain't going to talk about that at all. But all I'm saying, I'm just saying, that's all I'm saying. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So in other words, I would love to sit there and say I'm perfect, I don't sin, but it ain't going to happen. It, we all sin, all of us. But our responsibility is to do what? Not sin? No, our responsibility is to mature. You're trying to focus on not sinning, y'all gonna sin. It don't work that way. Whatever you focus on is what you're gonna do, even if it's a negative. I'm gonna keep my, my New Year's resolution. I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. I'm, no, you're not. You're not gonna do it. I'm gonna tell you right now. You won't do it. You can have that as a mantra 
all you want, but you're not going to do it. Why? Because what you're saying is trying to convince yourself of what you already feel. And what you have to do is you have to get to the place of, you're not even talking about it. You're waking up every day and saying, I'm feeling this journey, bam, and get at it. And then the next day comes and you same exact way. But if you're focused and on, oh, I'm going to mess up, I won't mess up anymore. I'm not a liar. I'm not a cheat. I'm not a drunkard. I'm not this. I'm not this. Oh, stop this. I'm not a liar. I'm not a liar. I'm not a liar. I'm liar. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You won't say. This is a psychologically proven, proven statistic. You can't change talking that way. It doesn't work. You've got to change this, which changes this. So instead of saying, I'm not a thief, you say something that contradicts being a thief. And that is, you're honest. You're a giver. And that's what you say. I'm an honest giver. That's what my life's about. And then you start doing what? You follow through with that. I'm an honest giver. I am a giver. I don't have to go, I'm not a thief, I'm not a thief, I'm not a thief. I'm a giver. I'm a big giver. And by doing that, my thought process isn't tied to my failure or to my past. And that's what we have to do. We have to release that, let it go. And move on to communicating who we are. Not what you want to be, who you are. One day I'm going to be this and I'm going to work out this way. No, I do do that. One day I'm going to be healthy. No, I am healthy. It's doing it. Change doesn't come until it's, it's the only time change comes. So we do change, amen? Right? It's the only way it's going to come. Like I said, you can pray for it, you can want it, you can cry for it, you can fast for it, you can vow for it. Nothing's going to happen. You got to just change. That's the way it works. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So we got to pay attention to the prize. Stay on target. The flies are going to buzz around. You might get, God, stay on target, right? Stay on target. On uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 24, he says, don't you realize that in every race, in the race, everyone runs, but only one person gets a prize? And then what's he say? So run to win. Don't you know that there's a race going on in this life? And he's saying that our focus should be to win in this race. To win in this race of life. That in most of the time, when you hear something like that, you can get really, really off on understanding. Because all of a sudden, we start relating to against people or whatever. And then we try, you know, we just start convincing ourselves that's not correct or the right way to be. But the point is, is when God's talking to you, he's talking to you. Listen, he, God's not talking to you so you can tell your spouse. That, I, I don't care what you think. That is not God. God doesn't work that way. All of a sudden, there's no such thing as a personal relationship. It has to go through you. No, that's crazy. That's just you wanting to put your opinion to get him to move quicker, get her to move quicker. But it's not God. God doesn't operate that way. Period. He doesn't do that. So what you have to understand is he wants to connect with you. He wants to speak to you. 
That's the heart of God. It's the relationship. It's that connection. You remember what, what I said last time? I said, you're, you're so valuable. You are one of one. One of one. That's how special you are. So you need to start seeing yourself in that light of being special. Knowing that you are that person to God and you are valuable. You are very, very valuable. And I, and I say that with complete conviction. Now, you can probably sit down and tell me about your life. I'm going to go, well, you made me a liar. But no, I wouldn't do that. I would say, according to God, you're valuable. Now, what you've done in your life can deny that. We all can deny that. But God didn't deny that. Remember, he put Jesus, and then he set you up. And he said, eeny, meeny, miny, mo." No. He looked at you, and he looked at Jesus, his one and only son. He said, you're going to die. And you're standing there like going, do you not see how dirty I am? Do you not see how, we're talking Jesus, he's perfect. The father's going to go 100 out of 100. Son, you got to die. And you'd think it'd be like this. Let me help you. You think it'd be like this. All right. All right. You, you got to die. Go die. <laughs> no. Actually, the scripture says it pleased the father to bruise the son. Yeah, you got an issue because you just don't know this word. But when you hear stuff like this, how could you deny the great love he has for you? You can't deny it. But because you don't know that information, you can deny it a lot. You can get distracted a lot. But once you know about this truthfully, and you can stand there and you know you're messed up, and you know just yesterday you were messed up, and then Jesus standing there, God's going to do the same thing. Son, you got to go to the cross with a smile. Why? Because he knows what this is about. It's about you that needs him. You need him. And don't forget, Jesus said, hey, I came from there. I came from the beginning. I, I, I've always been. So we're not talking about, I'm here now. I just started. No, he's, I've always been. So recognize the always been, the God. He created us. He created everything and then put us on this planet. That's how special you are. That's how awesome you are. So understand, you, you, you are created in the natural the way everybody's created. But according to God, who knew you before you even came, you created for a massive, awesome purpose. Just some people don't get into the atmosphere to be able to get hold of it. But everybody's created for greatness. Everybody. Not everybody will, but everybody is. I believe that. He says you run to win. Focus on the winning. Oh, let me help you on this. You know what I believe. I believe that 
There are winners and there are learners. Winners and there are learners. The thing that we need to understand is, is of course, there are winning and losing. I'm not trying to be politically correct, like some of these goofy, you know, things that kids are being brought up in, that there's, we're all winners, no one loses, you know, which is a lie. And it's very destructive for life because it's a, it's a lie. There are all kinds of losing in life, all kinds. And to get kids to think that their, their identity is tied to if you lose, you're a loser in life, that's where you grow to understand that you're going to lose, but you're not a loser. That's the key. Why? Because they don't understand the power of learning. So we think our responsibility is don't let them see losing. That is so stupid. It's an idiotic view. And it's, it's made by people that have no concept of what life is about. None whatsoever. They're just trying to be politically correct. We're all woke in Little League. <laughs> no, you have loss in life. But it's understanding loss that's the key. You're supposed to learn from a loss. You learn. And that's what takes you to the next level because you're going to make a mistake, a loss. And you learn from it, and that builds you. It strengthens you. But what happens is we've somehow turned the loss into identification. I lost. I'm a loser. I lost. I can't win. I lost. I'm, and and we, we totally ruin our lives just based upon a lie. You don't look at failure as a negative. You look at failure as trying. You understand that? There's nothing, nothing you are enjoying in this life that did not have a bunch of failure. Nothing. Your cars, planes, trains, uh, it doesn't matter. Your, your iPhones, whatever you're operating, you know, whatever operating system you're using, everything. Everything had failure in it first until it became something, quote, winning. And then what happened to that winning thing? Well, don't tell me it stayed that way. Even our lights are different now. These are all LEDs before they're halogen. I could get suntan with the lights before. In the middle of winter, I could, I, I could walk out just burnt. And those lights were bright and I would sweat up here. I'd walk in, my back would be soaking, I'd be wet. Because those halogens pump out, you know, it's like I was a French fry, you know, at McDonald's. <laughs> True. But now we got LEDs and it's like, this is awesome. There's no heat coming out of those things. But guess what? It started with this light and then it moved on to this light and then this light and it continued to what? Continue to move forward. But doesn't mean they didn't have failure when the first one was made. And no failure afterwards? No way, that's not true. They had failure, constant failure. Are you guys getting this? So I want failure changed in your mindset as far as definition. Because right now, failure means defeat. I'm doing a lot of good tweets, by the way, right now, just so you know that. Moving right along. So it says, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize. Now, listen, he's talking about our lives. He's talking about athletes and their focus, what they're doing it for. We're supposed to be the same way. Focused, purpose. They do it to do what? To win a prize. But that prize they're doing it for, it's going to fade away. 
those trophies you got, they're not going to be worth anything. They're not worth anything. They're just things that you have. But pretty soon, you've got to be gone, and there's these trophies. They're, not, they're just, again, it's a natural prize. He said, but we do it for eternal prize. You run in a race for eternal prize. What am I saying? Your life counts. Right now, your life counts. Now, you don't know that, but it's a fact. Every single thing you do in a life is affecting your eternal home. Everything. The Bible says in Corinthians that you, you're building your, your foundation of whatever it is out there and how it happens. I'm not sure. But there's wood, hay, and stubble or gold, silver, and precious stone. It's all tied to everything you do right now. It's being set up there. It's how it works. Now, I have no idea what all that is for. All I know is it's in the Bible. And that's tied to winning somehow. It's like going, winning. <laughs> Got to win on that one. I don't want no wood. I don't think you need fires up in heaven. I, that's in hell. Not, I don't, no fires in heaven. So that wood, hay, and all that stuff, that ain't no good. So I want that. I want the metal stuff. I want the, the jewelry. And that is coming by what? By going out there and being good, being a person of integrity, being, being someone that, that, you know, is, is a benefit to society in a good way. And that's storing good things for you. Now, don't get me wrong. All of us have some, you know, messed up stuff up there, but that's all right. That's all right. Because ultimately God's going to go, let's burn it away. And that goes away. And then, you know, you end up what you have and, you know, you can only shop at the Walmart up there. But, you know, some be able to go to Nordstrom's, you'd be going to Walmart. I should have done more at church. <laughs> but we have that purpose. Paul says, I discipline my body. Philippians 3.14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me. I press toward the goal to win. He's staying focused. He's saying, I'm staying focused. I'm going to stay focused in this thing. I know I'm going to have, I, listen, Paul had many, many distractions. He's thrown in jail, living in jail. This guy had many. You start reading about what he had. I was shipwrecked and I was beaten with whips and they stoned me one time. Not, I got stoned. They were stoned me one time. He, he had a messed up life. He, would, he had a life that, that you look at and go, dude, Paul, you should have gave up, man. But he pressed. The Bible says he pressed on. He pressed on. And that's his attitude. He said, I press on toward the goal. I have a focus. And that's what we have to have. Amen? Focus. In Mark chapter 6, is an awesome story. Most of you all know this story, but I'll, I'll just, you know, help speed it up. Jesus has just now spoken to his disciples after dealing with the crowds and, and, and feeding people that were hungry, listening to them. Uh, he just finished this one with uh, five little loaves of bread and two tiny fish. I, I don't know what the size of fish are, but I'm sure they were just small ones. They weren't like massive ones, just two small fish, five small loaves. And he just fed approximately, you know, 20, 30,000 people with just that. And the disciples were a part of that miracle. So the disciples are part of a miracle, first of all, seeing the beginnings 
and then the end. The beginnings were a picture of faith. The end was a picture of faith. The beginnings were this is impossible. The end was God's more than enough. See, faith is looking at the impossible. This, this is something, I don't, this can't be done in the natural, but in the spiritual, all things are possible to those who believe. That's the position of faith. But once you enter into that walk of faith and you're operating in it, what you need to understand is, is there is such a blessing that you partake of in the midst of being a blessing to someone else. Because the Bible says after the five small breads and the two fishes, they walked away with two big basketfuls of bread and fish, 12. So that means each one of them had a basket filled that came from the beginning of this ain't possible. Isn't that awesome? See, that's what we have to look at. We have to look at the truth of the word and understand why it's there and why Jesus is getting to this point where he's saying, look, guys, this is a priority. Pay attention to what's happening in everything in our lives right now. I'm with you. He didn't give them the three and a half hour, three, three year, three and a half year life of ministry, but he told them, hey, I will make you fishers of men. You follow me. I'm going to make you a life changer. I'm going to make you an impactor. And so what did he do? He started showing the father. That's what makes you an impactor of life. Showing you the father. Do you guys see what I'm saying? That's why here, we're, we're, we major on getting you to know God correctly. Why? Because that's what this is about. You can't impact life not knowing God correctly. It just ain't going to happen. And it's lay, the foundation is love. Foundation is love. So Jesus says in 647, it says, When evening came, he just sent them to the other side. He said, you guys, get in the boat, go to the other side. I'm going to hang out with the Father. I'm going to go pray for a while. I'll catch up with you later. But the word is, as you go to the other side, right? And it says here that when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake. Jesus was alone on the land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars. Now, according to the time, what we have, they've been straining for seven to nine hours. Anybody ever been on a boat where you, you didn't have a motor, but you had to use a row? You know, the oars? Anybody ever been? You guys, what's up with your life? Oh, okay, there are some of you. Gee, you guys need to get help. Go out there and play or something. But, I, but rowing is, it can become physical, you know, while you're doing it. But when you got wind coming against you, it's like you ain't moving. And I've been there on a boat where it's literally, you're doing this and you're going backwards. And you're doing, trying to get forward. And it's because of the wind. And they've been doing it for seven to nine hours. So you know what's happening to their biceps and their, I mean, everything right now? They're exhausted. These guys are just fighting for their life right now. Just, whoa, whoa. And they're not going. It's just, it, it, when you look in the natural picture, it's a two-hour trip. That's it, two hours. And it took them seven to nine hours, and they're not moving. That's crazy, huh? Jesus sees this. Now watch this. This is so powerful. He sees this, and at about the fourth watch, about four in the morning, he goes out to them walking on the water. He was about to pass them by. What? 
do not see us? Because according to what you just said, you saw them struggling. I saw that scripture and I go, what is that doing in there? And then I realized, this is about life. See, if Jesus sees me as a failure, if Jesus sees me as someone that can't handle it, if Jesus sees me as someone that just, I'm just so weak and I need some help, he's going to come over to me. But what Jesus does, he does operate by his belief. And his belief is this. You guys have been struggling, but I believe you're going to make it. So I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going because I know what's going to happen. You're going you're to sit there and struggle, but ultimately you're going to get it. But the problem is, is they didn't, but that's his belief. He will not. He, that's why we have to understand God correctly, not religion. Religions will, will try to get you to believe that God's saying, no, you're a loser. You've always been a loser. I know you're a loser. So you're going to screw up anyway. But that's not how God operates. God operates through Jesus, which is Jesus is a winner, you're a winner. So Jesus is like going, all right, I see you guys struggling. I'm, I'm going the other side because that's what I told you to do. And then they see him and go, oh, my God, the ghost and the ghosts are going to die. And Jesus turns to him, stops. No, it's me. I ain't no ghost. It's me. Chill. And so at that moment of time, they're at a place of exhaustion. They ain't going nowhere. And now you see Jesus, which apparently he was shining, walking on the water. And they're like going, ah, we're going to die. It's a ghost. He's going to get us. And Jesus goes, no, don't fear. It's me. And then we know the other story in Matthew where Peter goes, well, if it's you, call me out there. Peter, man, he's something. I mean, you got awesomeness in him, and you got the greatest punk of all times operating. Now, I know no one in here is like that, that has great awesome, and then sometimes you can be, you know, bad. But Peter's like going, hey, if that's you, call me out, and I'm coming. And Jesus goes, come on. And Peter gets out. Now, we know the story, right? And he gets out and he's walking. But what happens, he starts losing focus. But wait a minute. You're walking on water. See, that, these are important lessons because this is what life's about. There are times when, man, you're walking on water. And everybody's looking at you going, dude's walking on water right now. But all of a sudden, you start sinking. And most people are going to go, ah, see, I, you could walk on water. You in the boat. Shut up. You didn't get out? Man, I was taking steps. Actually, I think I was skipping sometime. But see, this is what happened. This is how, listen, this is how the world operates. You walking on water, your first step on water, and you stayed on top, I'd be going, you're a ninja. You're awesome. You're like, that, that's awesome. If you sunk, I don't care. You were on water. I can't believe it. Where's the rope? Something's holding you up. But he was on water, walking on it. And then he started to sink. And Jesus comes over, picks him up, grabs hold of him, and then rebukes him. Now you'd think, well, then why would he do that? He was about to drown. Because Jesus is always talking, talking awesomeness to people 
awesomeness. You might think, wait a minute, he rebuked him. Why would you rebuke someone if they couldn't do it? You wouldn't, right? Would you? No, because you already know they couldn't. So why would you rebuke them? He rebukes them because he know he could. He already did. He said, oh, man, your faith, little buddy. It's, you, got, you got the faith just shrunk down on you. You were walking tall, but your faith went down. That's what he did. That's what he said to him. They mean, why would he do that? Why would Jesus rebuke him like that? Because he believed in Peter. And he's saying, Peter, no, we got to move, buddy. You had the opportunity to keep coming to me. We could have both walked and let those other losers sit there and go like this. He wouldn't have said that, but anyway, that's just my interpretation. We know Jesus doesn't talk that way, but I'm not Jesus. But see, they're saying, do you guys follow this? So, so you've got Peter out of water. Now all of a sudden he takes his focus. What happens? You sink. When you take your focus, you always sink, always. Take your focus, keto diet. Now all of a sudden take your eyes, brownies. Oh, whoops, I just told on my life just now. All right, moving right along. Yeah, and you know what's worse is? I made the brownies. <laughs> I mean, that, does that even make sense? It doesn't make sense, does it? See, that's how the devil gets in it. He's so tricky. Then he made me go over and take that brownie and eat it. Devil made me do it. Nope. I made me do it. Ate it and felt good about it. And said, keto, we're still moving on. Just had to add a little extra carbs. Need them for the muscle. Let's move on. He thought I was going to sit there. Oh, I just ate that brownie. I'm a loser. No, I got rid of that years ago. I ate the brownie with pride, buddy. With pride. And there's still some at home. Is there? All right. There's a new keto brownie at home. So Jesus says, listen, guys, don't be fearful in this situation. He passes by knowing that they're struggling, but there are times when we're struggling in life and Jesus is sitting there going, no, we're going to make it. We're going to make it because ultimately you're going to have to make a decision. What are you going to do? You're going to quit, give up, quit rowing, end up back at the same place you started? Or are you going to keep pressing? And I believe ultimately, without a shadow of a doubt, I believe ultimately with Jesus walking that way and these guys in faith, I believe they would have said, this is what I believe. When I think about scripture and the operation correctly, I believe Jesus walking by, Jesus, Peter almost engaged in it by saying, I'll come out too. But I believe you look at the perfect picture of what Jesus believes they all get out of the boat, and they all walk on water to the other side. I believe that is the perfect picture of what he was expecting. Because why would he see him straining and keep walking by? I believe it was nothing but a picture of this is how you do it in the midst of it. Can you imagine that? You get rid of that boat. You get rid of the oars. You get rid of all that. What are you doing? Walking in wind. I mean, you just got wind blowing in your face. Y'all know that. It can be real windy. You might be going like this, but you're still cruising right along. 
Can you imagine those 12? Well, Judas would have drowned. But can you imagine those? <laughs> he would have stayed in the boat. But could you imagine that, though? Jesus, like, going... Whistle while we work. Can you imagine that? Wouldn't that be awesome? But that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Mark 6.51 says this. And when he went up into the boat to them, the wind ceased. They were greatly amazed. That literally means, when you look at the Greek, they were in shock. It was like, that's insane. This is crazy. How does this happen? How could this happen? That's pretty much what they're feeling. How could this happen? This is impossible. But it did happen. The moment Jesus gets in, calmness. They were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure, marveled. For they, watch this, for they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hardened. Right? See, all this is about is focus. Why were they amazed when Jesus got in the boat and everything calmed down? Why were they fearful when Jesus was walking on water? They just got through feeding thousands of people with something that's impossible. They did. They were a part of this. Because they didn't understand about, and this is the key, they didn't understand about what? About what happened in their lives previously. They weren't connecting, focusing in on the goodness of God, the power of God, what was happening in people's lives. They weren't focused in on the basket that they were holding in the boat that was sitting on their lap. They weren't focused in on it. And the Bible says because they were like, this house is possible. How was it not possible when you just did something that was impossible? Are you guys hearing me? Because this is what happens. You've had some things happen in your life that was impossible, that became possible. But now you're talking impossibilities. What happened? And that's what we have to all understand. What happened is life, what happened is flies. Things happen. Things happen to cause us to be in this place where we're now questioning. How could I ever, is this possible? And the whole time, Jesus' attitude is he's walking, he's continuing on saying, follow me, follow me. And there are times when we've had awesome things happen, awesome things happen, and all of a sudden it's not happening anymore and we go, oh, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? I've had this happen many times, many times. We're in a miracle building, a miracle property, miracle. Not, not oh, we had bank. No, we didn't. This is all miracle. Everything happening, these houses, everything is miracle, period. Every single thing, the timing, everything is a miracle. Everything, completely a miracle. I come driving up to the property, throwing a fit. I don't know how I'm going to do this, God, and I don't know how this is going to be done. And I'm walking in a miracle. I'm walking in the, in, in the, in the baskets. I'm walking in, in the, the overflow of the miracle that I partook with Jesus, my Lord and Savior. Every single time I drive up here, it's, it's like, don't forget, don't forget the overflow. Don't forget the overflow. And I'll be sitting there going, I don't know how it's going to get done. How are you going to do it? I don't know how we're going to do it. And I'm in there. I got all kinds of fish and bread on me. And I got to catch myself. I'm going, dude, shut up. 
mean, serious, what are you doing? You don't know how many times I've had to say that to myself. What are you doing? And usually when I'm in the back of the building, I'm, I'm back of the, the yard back there, and I'm looking here and I'm going, oh my gosh, I don't know what I do. Sometimes I'm so dumb. Oh God. And then I have to get to the place where I'm so down on myself, and then God shuts up, and then I realize, whoops, I'm doing bad again. I'm so good. I'm not dumb. I'm not bad. I'm a good. I'm good. I'm with, I'm with you, God. And I, but I adjust. I repair. But I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. All I have to do is remember the lows. Sometimes when I'm sitting there thinking about it, I just think of, you know, one of my boys. Miracle. Miracle. There's my lows. Got to remember the lows. Got to remember the lows. Don't forget the lows. Amen. You got to keep your eyes focused. Don't lose sight of God's goodness. Amen. Don't lose sight of it. Don't lose sight of it. I'm going to end with this scripture in Psalms. It says here, Psalms 103, 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. All his benefits. You might be thinking, well, how many are there? That's the thing. There's a lot. There's a whole lot. He says, don't forget his benefits. And he starts out with this. Who forgives all your sins. I take that one right off the bat. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done on the cross. I have been forgiven. And then he moves on. Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit? Crowns you with love and compassion. Satisfies your desires with good things. Not bad things, good things. So that your youth is renewed like eagle. You can go down 103 and it's got good stuff. All I'm saying is we serve a good God that's saying, stay focused on me. Don't stay, don't focus on your past. Don't focus on your problems. You got focus on what's right. There are going to be some gnats, going to be some flies, some mosquitoes. You're going to, you know, there are times, there are times, there are times when you're sinking in the water. There are going to be times, but always understand this. His word is the other side. And ultimately you will get to the other side of whatever you're focusing on. As long as you don't quit, don't give up. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for your word to our lives. And we thank you that when we believe, that that belief is a process. It's not automatically complete. It's a process of strengthening that belief. So, Father, as we mature and grow in faith, as we mature and grow in the, this this action, this journey of faith, we are understanding the keys, the tools necessary to win. To be able to overcome a failure, a setback, and to continue to move forward. Because if we're not winning, we're learning. And that's our priority. That's our understanding. We keep pressing. And so, Father, I thank you for every person here that's made a choice to walk with Jesus, that this is, this is today is a beginning of greatness for their lives because they're going to keep moving into even a greater walk, greater walk with Jesus than ever before. For those that have never received Jesus, here's your opportunity to walk in a faith that is filled with awesomeness. It's not religious. It's not legal. It's not filled with laws and regulations. It's filled with life and love. But you got to ask 
Jesus. He's not going to make himself. He's not going to force himself. you got to ask Jesus to come in. you got to say, Jesus, I believe in you, and I want this life. And if you do that, I'm telling you right now, he will come in, and he will give you this life. If anybody in here has never received Jesus, if anybody out there has never received Jesus, here's your opportunity. Say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, come into my life. I believe in you. I want your life. I believe in it. And I accept it right now, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for coming into my life. And thank you, Lord, for giving me life. I am a believer of Jesus and I'm going to follow you. Amen. If you said that prayer for the first time out there in uh, the, our live stream, click that button. If you prayed that prayer in here for the first time, you've never prayed that before, raise your hand. We have someone that'll give you a booklet that'll help you in your decision that I wrote specifically for you so that your life will have some help, information to help you on this new journey of yours. Love you guys, be blessed, and we'll see you again, all right? Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you. Thank you.